Well, we're back at looking at knowing our enemy. And as we've said, and we'll say it again, that if you know the enemy, you're well on the way to being to be able to defeat the enemy or to know where he's going to attack, to how he's going to attack, to, to know his strength and his weaknesses. Even as the scripture tells us that if we're going to go out and fight something or someone, then we need to add up the numbers we've got, the numbers he's got, and see if we can win the victory or, or, or seek a peace treaty. Well, we don't have to seek a peace treaty with the devil. We're on the victory side. We know the one that is going to do battle for us, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has won the victory at the cross. The devil is a defeated foe and all his enemies, all his cohorts, no matter how many billions and, and they, they make up, the Lord will win the victory. Just himself alone by the word of his mouth, the sword of his mouth. Well, <clears throat> know your enemy. We've seen his purpose to victimise and vexate believers. We looked at the 16 deadly deeds of the devil over two weeks. We looked at last week his past, his past violations. We saw his being. His being is doubted by the world. People don't believe he exists. Therefore, he's got them. He's denied by liberals and religious people, downplayed by even conservative people, but he's declared to be who he is in the scriptures. <clears throat> he's being. He's beginning. He's created by God, but not as the devil. The son of the morning he was created as. He was created to bring God the glory, as we looked at last week. But he decided, having a free will, to choose to rebel. And that's where sin started, with the devil, in heaven. As he said, I will, I will, I will. <laughs> we saw his background, a bit of his background. His residence, his reign and regal position to start with, his revolt, his rebellion and his ruin. What then is his present vocation? This is what we're looking at today, his present vocation. His past violations, his present vocation. And we're going to look at that as seen in his prescribed names, his personal or personality and nature. I don't think we'll get right through all that, but another area we could look at is we'll see him he's in his present vocation in his preoccupations and practices what he does now what the scripture tells us he does and we don't have to guess and we don't have to meddle with him to know what he does we can look around the world and see what he's up to we can see him affecting countries and governments and people and individuals and people on drugs it's it, it's a dangerous thing so <clears throat> we look now at his present vocation this evening and we'll look at what he does right now and his vocation by looking at his names. There's many of them that you have. Titles of this perverted ex-prince of paradise. This study will give much insight into his character and what he's up to. Well, the first one is a logical one. 
That's the name Satan. Satan means an adversary. An adversary. His most common name is used 52 times in the scriptures. He's named as Satan. The devil. The devil. And this word for him, this name for him, means slanderer. And this is used 35 times in the scripture. Names that we use commonly of him. And we could go into the detail, you know. Slanderer, slanderer and adversity. You can look at that. And that's what he's up to. And other scriptures tell us so. He's slandering the saints. He's slandering God. He's against those that do right. And uh, <clears throat> he's an adversary. He's always against us. Any movement we make, he's there to oppose it. He's an adversary. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2, it reads there, Wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Here he is called the prince of the power of the air. Aren't you glad we can't see him doing his business around in the air? The prince of the power of the air. He is called the God of this age. In 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, In whom the God of this age hath blinded the minds of those that believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine in unto them the God of this age the God of this world the one who has got a lot of control of what's going on God has ultimate control and then the devil can only do things that he allows him to do and we have the record of that in the book of Job there <clears throat> he is also called the king of death in Hebrews 2.14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. This is speaking about the Lord Jesus. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of the death, that is, the devil. The Lord Jesus through death destroyed him that had the power of death. Hey, the devil wasn't wised up to the fact that when he crucified the Lord, thinking he'd won the victory, he sealed his own death. <laughs> because the Lord Jesus was raised again from the dead and is now seated on the right hand of the Father. And he has the keys of death and hell. But the devil likes the death of people, particularly the unsaved. When he slays the Christian or has, has other people slay and murder and martyr the Christian, he thinks he's won a victory. But over and over again, the Lord has the victory through the death of the saints. We have books like the, the Fox's Book of Martyrs. <clears throat> we have others now that testify to us of things that are happening around the world to Christians and the persecution that's going on. And people are warned and people see the wicked hand of the devil that likes to bring death to people. And oh how he delights to have unsaved people die. Because they are going to spend eternity with hell. He has no mercy, no grace, no love whatsoever for people. The king of death. 
the power of, the, of death, that is the devil. Hebrews 2.14. He's also called the prince of this world, the prince of this world. <laughs> In the book of John 12.31, it says there, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Jesus is speaking there. And he said, now the prince of this world is cast out through the work of the cross, through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, through what he did on Calvary, the prince of this world is cast out. Just as Genesis 3.15 promised back there that the Lord Jesus would stomp on his head, the serpent would bite his heel. <clears throat> and this, the prince of the, this world. He's also called, and, and all, in all these names you can see what he's up to. What his vocation is, what he's presently doing, as our title indicated. In Ephesians 6.12, there where the armour for the Christian is delineated in the following verses, but in verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, the rulers of darkness. You wonder why decisions are made. You wonder why government does this and that. The rulers of the darkness of this world are ones that are giving ear to the devil through their old man, through their old nature, that they only have got an old nature if they're not a Christian. And they, <clears throat> he inspires them to do what they do to their citizens in their countries. He inspires wicked men, drug lords and all this... The, the, the people, the mafia, he inspires them to do what they do. He's the, rulers of the dark, he's the ruler of the darkness of this world, is the old devil. Now people say, well, if God's God, why does he do something about the devil? He's got it all planned, read it in the Bible. He is doing something. Hey, if the devil had his way, if all Christians were taken out of this world and the devil had his way, it would be a horrible place to live in. It'd be unbearable. In fact, it's going to happen one day where all Christians will be removed. The devil will enthrone himself as God, showing himself that he is God in Jerusalem. And then all hell will break loose, as it is depicted for us in the scriptures. Read Joel 2 and 3. Read Matthew 24. Read Daniel 9 and following. Read the book of Revelation. Read these portions of Scripture and see what will happen when the rule of the darkness of this world is given his way without much resistance. The resistance will be the disturbance of God that are sealed in 144,000 and the two witnesses and the angel that preaches the message of the gospel. So, yes, praise God for the resistance of the saints who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit to resist him that is in the world Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, the Bible states. He that is in me and you who are Christians is the Holy Spirit. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. But he that is in the world, the ruler of the darkness of this world. Another name for Satan is in Isaiah 27 and verse 1. Leviathan. You heard of him? Heard of them? <laughs> Over in the book of Job, I believe they're mentioned. But here in Ephesians, I mean, sorry, in Isaiah 27, 1, In the day of the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall 
punished Leviathan, the piercing serpent. Even Leviathan, that crooked serpent. I like the description here that God gives. And he shall slay the dragon <clears throat> that is in the sea. 27 verse 1. Job 41 verse 14 to 34 as I mentioned in Job. Here Satan is likened to a powerful water dinosaur in, in Isaiah that we just read that swam the waters in the beginning of earth's history but no longer swims the waters. And Job described them there as this fearsome serpent that makes the water to boil, as it were. And this is like Satan, Leviathan, that makes the water to boil, that brings all sorts of situations and makes the world a very tiresome place to live in. You know, it's by the grace of God that we only are promised 70 years. How would you like to live like Methuselah, 969 years in this world of wickedness? And in his day, it just increasingly got worse and worse. And over 900 years, there was only 1,600 years between creation and the flood, and he lived for more than half of them. And he saw the things get worse and worse and worse, encouraging Noah to stay faithful, Enoch and others to remain true to the word. The number of the believers become increasingly low. Until there was only eight souls left that were worthy to go into the ark of safety and be rescued from the flood. Ah, <clears throat> we don't know what it's like when Leviathan stirs the waters, but we begin to see how wicked it will be when we're gone and the Holy Spirit with us or in us goes as well. Doesn't mean he's not here, but not in the way he is here now. But <clears throat> praise God that he, the Lord, has the victory. Lucifer is another name, and it means light bearer, shining one. And in Isaiah 14, verse 12, that we looked at last week, <clears throat> How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which is weak in the nations? It's God saying, how is this happened? The willful heart of a disobedient creature, O Lucifer. He was called Lucifer for he, was, he once functioned as the son of the morning. Son, S-O-N, of the morning. But with the advent of the Lord Jesus Christ, the true son of righteousness has arisen with healing in his wings. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2. Another, <clears throat> another reference to Satan. He's called the dragon in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7. There was war in heaven. Michael and the, his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels. Here's the conflict. <laughs> Here's the conflict that's going to happen during the tribulation in heaven. Michael and the good angels fought against the dragon and his angels, the fallen angels that fell with Satan. And there was war in heaven. And in Revelation 20 verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they shall be, they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> Satan is not only a deceiver but he is self-deceived. He is self-deceived. <clears throat> this is one of the worst deceptions to be self-deceived. Through the ministry, I've seen Christians have become self-deceived. 
is a sad thing to watch. We all can be self-deceived. We can think we're pretty good and we're not. But for the grace of God, we could be any of those people that are wicked. We could fall from uh, being faithful to him. Um, <clears throat> he once thought Satan and still believes that he can defeat God. That's why he keeps going at it. He thinks he can throw God off his throne and take over. That's what he did at the start when he said, I will, I will, I will. And that's what he's still doing. And that's what he thinks he can do. But let us remind him today from the scriptures of the Lord. He has lost the battle. He's losing the battle and will lose the battle. Because the Bible tells us what happens to him as we've just read there in Revelation 20 and verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. That's what's going to happen to you, the devil. And brimstone, where the false prophet and the beast had been for a thousand years at the time that the devil's thrown in there, finally. You know, <clears throat> the old dragon, the deceiver, is going to copper. And he is self-deceived. Apollyon, Apollyon. In Revelation 9 verse 11, here's another word that's given to him. And this word, Apollyon, means destroy. If you've read Pilgrim's Progress, you've come across that word, <laughs> Apollyon, that is used there. Um, Revelation 9 11, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name is in the Hebrew tongue is Ab Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue, his name is Apollyon. Man's unbelievable brutality and cruelty to fellow man can only be explained by Apollyon, which means destroyer, destroyer. He is brutal, he is wicked. Read, if you've got the stomach for it, the Fox's Book of Martyrs and others. And read what Religious, they call themselves Christian people, they call themselves Christian people, did to other people on the rack and pulling tongues out, pulling fingernails off because people would not recant from confessing Christ. This, this is Christianity is supposed to be, not at all Christian. Who inspired these people as they delighted to do these evil things. And, and today people do heinous things against their fellow man. Even governments do it and delight to do Who's inspiring them? Well, Apollyon is. He is the destroyer. Another name that's given to him is Beelzebub, prince of demons. In Matthew 12, 24, but when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. You know, as you go through scripture, these things come to light. They're just mentioned in, as it were, in passing. <clears throat> and here we have the name Beelzebub, which means prince of demons. Prince of demons. Our blessed Lord was once compared to the devil by wicked Pharisees in this occasion. They were the ones inspired by the devil 
the Lord Jesus was, the, was God from heaven. And here they dared to call him that. Religious people. These are people that hate God. That love their religion. That love their system they've set up. To bring people into subjection. And make them as Jesus said. Twofold more the child of hell. Than they themselves are. So the disciples are worse than they. Hey. When they get to throwing rocks at the missionary this week. Throwing rocks at their windows and at them. And casting all foul comments. Yeah. Who's running the show? The devil. Religious people. Over there. And we've seen and heard that this week, been in contact many times. This week. Belial. In 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 15. You see how these names of the devil teach us about him and what, he, what he's up to now and his vocation at the present time. Belial. And this means vileness and ruthlessness. This is the devil. Since he has fallen, he is vile and ruthless in his attacks upon believing people. In 2 Corinthians 6.15, And what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And so what concord, what connection, what fellowship has Christ with Belial? Nothing, nothing to do with him. The Lord Jesus is not vile. The, the Lord Jesus is not ruthless. He, he's so patient. He's so long-suffering. People mock today at the thought of Noah's flood, at the coming of the Lord, and they say, all things have continued as they were from the beginning of creation. But this they are willingly ignorant of, that God judged the world with a flood. And he's going to judge it with a fire. We're trying to warn the people of Aubrey that that's going to happen through the track that's been sent out. The devil is vile and ruthless. Vileness and ruthlessness often go hand in hand. You have a look at, at, the, at the world today. You have a look at what the, the movies are, movie people are producing. God's locked a few things down, hasn't he, lately? And one of them is the movies. I wonder if he's saving us from the filthiness and the vileness and the wickedness that they promote they seem to enjoy listen watch what your children play as far as games are concerned and guns and shooting and blood and all the the vileness yeah, who is this who is this doing this who are these people inspired by it's the ruthlessness of the devil it's from belial vile don't don't do it. You know, if you're doing it as an adult you're, you're, and you've got children watching you or your children, they're being influenced by what you look at and what you see. <clears throat> Play some wholesome things. Don't get, wick, don't get these wicked things. You know, so, and I've, no, I've known children that um, got so enraptured with the Superman and all the suits and the and the things you know I'm Superman, <laughs> and th th they just that's what they lived that's what they thought that's what that's what their, the little kid's life was about. Hey, de be detached from him. Be attached. Get your children attached to Bible. Get your children attached to the Bible stories. Get your children into the book and the wonderful things that the Lord has done and will do. 
Well, <clears throat> another name, another name for the devil is the wicked one. In Matthew 13 and verse 38, it says, The field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. I think that's self-descriptive, isn't it? The wicked one. In this parable, the Lord <coughs> describes Satan as the one who sows the seed, the tares, in God's wheat field. Hmm. Over the years, we've seen the devil sow the tares among the wheat in this church. As John said, they went out from us, for they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. I'm not saying all that leave the church are tears. But when they leave with controversy, with, when they leave and don't care what they say, when they leave and how they affect the church as they go out, I'm suspicious that they're tears. The Lord Jesus says, let them both grow together. And in the last days, I'll pluck them up. But so far as we can, when people become part of the church here, we want to hear about their testimony of salvation so that they're not a tear. They can be self we can be self-deceived. People can be self-deceived. People can say, yes, I'm a Christian. They can say, I got saved on this date and this is what happened. What's their track record? What have they been up to? Where have they been? How are they affecting other people? What's their testimony? What in private are they like? Are they of the wicked one? Are they tears? We have to ask ourselves that question. And the Lord Jesus said, ask yourself the question. Examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Are you a tear or are you a wheat? Are you some good food or you're bad? And, and, and we preached not long ago on the five, ye know that you're believers from First John. Go through them again or look up the sermon and, and go through it. Find those out there in the book of First John. <clears throat> in First John 5.19 it says, And we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. wickedness. Why? Because it's controlled by the wicked one. The whole world lieth in wickedness. Are you looking forward to get out of here? Because the world is so wicked? So, when Christians say, oh, it's just so lovely, something's wrong with their perspective on life. Something's wrong with their understanding of Scripture. Oh, we might have some nice times and the Lord gives us peace and uh, prosperity and a little rest for a while. But this is not the place to enjoy. Heaven's the place we're going to find our eternal rest. Well, another name that shows the vocation of the devil is the tempter. In First Thessalonians 3 verse 5, For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter has tempted you and our labour is in vain. So Paul was writing to the Thessalonians and saying, I am concerned about you. I haven't heard how you're going. 
I was only there a few weeks when you got established as a church and I got hunted out of town. And, he's, and he was saying, well, you know, they're only three weeks old as a Christian when I left. I didn't get to teach him a whole lot. He did teach him quite a lot because he said in Second Thessalonians, I think, when I was with you, I told you these things. That was all about the pre-tribulation or rapture. <laughs> he told them all that and that they'll be delivered from the day of wrath, the wrath to come. He told them all that. They understood that. It's not something you have to study for a, for a lifetime as a Christian to understand. It's something that the, the Thessalonians understood within three weeks. They got the outline. They got the basic big picture. And then they could fit all the details in it in there later. But Paul was concerned that they'd been tempted by the tempter and were failing in their Christian life. But he heard back from them that they weren't. They were going on. They were valiant for the Lord and they were strong in the Lord. And they were winning victories for the Lord. <laughs> and he was pleased that the tempter hadn't tempted them and that they'd fallen from their faith. And uh, Paul said that our labour be in vain. He called the tempter, of course, because he's called this because his first crime against humanity was what? <laughs> Back in the book of Genesis, what did he do with Eve and then Adam? He tempted them to sin. Hath God said, said the serpent that day? Hath God said? You hear him whispering in your ear? Does the Bible really say that? Do I have to really be so so sanctified in my Christian life? Do I really have to not go that place or dress like that or say those things or mix with those friends, those old wicked friends? Hath God said? You know, when the devil whispers in your ear, know who it is. He's tempting you to bring down your testimony and to make you fail in the grace of God. So that you can't be a testimony and they can ruin your testimony, actually. How many people today have ruined their testimony from their far past actions of being tempted and yielding to the temptation? Oh, we're all tempted, but do we yield to it? <clears throat> and another name is the accuser of our brethren. So showing the vocation of what the devil is up to in Revelation 12, verse 10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now is salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. This title describes one of the most malicious and misunderstood present day vocations of the devil. <clears throat> accuser of the brethren. He likes to be able to say when he tempts us, and we fall to temptation to go before the Lord and say, that your child, look at he just did. What's the response of the Lord Jesus Christ that loves us? He's covered, it's covered by my blood. He's forgiven all our sins and all our iniquities. But he does want us as his children to do what 1 John 1, 9 says, confess our sins and he will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's talking to Christians. So don't give the reason, the devil reason, to make an accusation before God. Don't yield to temptation. He is the accuser. He goes before God and he accuses the believer of, oh, he does that for ulterior motives. Didn't he do that to Job? Well, he only serves you because what he can get out of you. That's where this prosperity gospel is wrong. Because that's what they are doing. 
They only serve God for what they can get out of it. But as we considered the Apostle Paul, and there's what, four or five occasions where he gave testimony to the terrible time he has as a Christian. You know, a man's born under trouble as the sparks fly upwards. And did Paul know that? All that will live godly shall suffer persecution. Did Paul know that? Yes. Don't let us give the, re- the devil reason. Don't give up. We, w- we might suffer these things. He's the tempter and he wants us to sin and he wants to be able to come before the Lord and say, ah, he only serves you for what he can get out of it. Hey, we know that in salvation we're going to get a great blessing, but it's more than likely not down here. It's going to be in heaven when we reach the golden shores. When we go through the pearly gates, there we will have the wonderful blessings of eternity and we'll know them. You know, eye hasn't seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. I knew a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, caught up to the third heaven and heard and saw unspeakable things, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Yeah, there's wonderful things above waiting for us. Even though the accuser is trying to get at us, we've got a blessed future. We don't serve him for that. We serve him because we love him. We serve him from a right heart. The right motive. The angel of light is another one, 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. There was one old preacher said, and it's later on in this sermon, but we won't get there today. <clears throat> he said, people go looking for the devil. But they're not looking far enough or they're not looking close at hand even because they just have to look in the pulpit and there the devil will be. (laughs) Angel of light in the pulpits of churches. People that deny the blood. People that deny the word and want to change the word. Devil in disguise. Angels of light. And they're all around the world deceiving multitudes of people. Tell her this and tell her that. Radio this and radio that. <clears throat> and so these verses in 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15 explain the rise of many false cults and isms of today. And even in mainline churches, don't think they're not there, they're there by the multitude. And they shall be judged according to their works on the day to come. How cleverly they can distort and twist the word. A liar is another name for the devil. In John eight forty four, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there was no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar. And the father of it. You know, we hear, oh, well, it was just a little white lie I told. No, it was a lie. It's a lie. I only told half of the story. They didn't need to hear the other half. A lie. <laughs> Tell them the whole story. He is a liar because he, of his words in Genesis 3, verse 4 and 5, where we read, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. <laughs> half truth. They wouldn't die physically, but they died spiritually, and the fellowship with God was broken. He is a liar. For God knoweth, he said, the devil said, For God knoweth that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and 
half-truth. Yes, their eyes were opened, but he was trying to tell them that their eyes would be opened and they'd be like God. And you should be as gods, knowing good and evil. A liar. Don't believe the devil. Don't believe the world. Don't believe those who are the children of the devil. Don't believe those who come as angels of light of the devil. In 2 Corinthians 11. <clears throat> He's a murderer. A murderer. In John chapter 8, verse 44, Ye of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. <clears throat> he was a murderer in that he separated, and death is separation, and Adam and Eve died to the fellowship they had with the Lord. He murdered them in that sense. That that unending fellowship that they could have had was broken like death, separated. That God cannot look upon sin and they were separated. He couldn't fellowship with them. But notice the first death that happened was between the first two children born, Abel and Cain. Cain killed Abel. Who was he inspired by? The murderer. And he, an old devil was rubbing his hands together. won a victory already so early in humanity. A murderer. The enemy. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 39. The enemy has sowed them <clears throat> is the devil. The enemy. And we've looked, we mentioned this verse before, but he's the enemy. He's your enemy. Christian, he's your enemy. And the world is your enemy. <laughs> so many things in this world are pushing us against the will of God to do the wrong thing. And he's our avowed enemy. Don't give him traction. Don't give him ground. Don't give him way in your life. He's the enemy, the enemy of God. I'm looking forward to the day that we return with the Lord to defeat and lock up the enemy. The last chapters of the book of Revelation, and I mentioned it last week, I think, where the Lord will be riding his white stallion, steed, horse, whatever you want, Read it in the book of Revelation. And he comes down at the end of Armageddon there and he defeats the enemy and locks him, the beast and the false prophet are cast into hell. And so is the devil locked up for a thousand years and shall be for a thousand and loose for a little sin. The enemy of righteousness, the enemy of God, the enemy of the Christian, the enemy of everything that's right. Ah, oh, we need to pray for our government because the enemy can inspire them to do wrong things, make wrong decisions. And... He's called a roaring lion. First Peter 5.8 <clears throat> Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. <clears throat> Heard this week there was another woman bitten, zookeeper, bitten by a lion. Um, <clears throat> had to like to be bitten by a lion. You don't get in the lion's den. Well, Daniel did, but they threw him in. God shut the mouths of the lion. May God shut the mouth of the lion that wants to devour the Christian. He's roar walking about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. May we be delivered from his wicked clutches, his evil mouth. You know, <clears throat> if you lived in a place where lions were, you'd probably be on the on the alert and lookout, and you'd know the smell and the scent and the sound of these things. 
as Christians, we're living where the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion. And you've seen you've seen pictures of, of lions and tigers and leopards and all that 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 they, their kin <laughs> as they, they sneak up on the prey, as they lay low in the grass and they just slither along, as it were, to get closer to the enemy until they 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 or not the enemy to the to the victim. And then they leap forth and they charge surprisingly at the at the uh, <clears throat> victim the devil's doing that he's sneaking around everywhere and 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 places you wouldn't even think he'd be there he's there <laughs> ready to pounce and ready to devour and ready to consume and to chew you to bits watch out for the devil in your life <laughs> put on the whole armor of god we're only just covering this this uh vocation of his prescribed names and that gives us a, a a broad description whom the devil is but watch out put on the whole armor of god that ye may be able to stand and having done all to stand against the wiles the wickedness and the ways of the devil that he's trying to bring you as a christian unstuck from trust in the lord and remember always remember greater is he the lord that is in you through his Holy Spirit than he that is in the world. And you know what you know what the old devil fears the most is praying Christians. Because there God answers on our behalf. God works. And Satan is no match for God. May we have the victory this week in our Christian life. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the warnings through the names of this evil one that we've been given in the scriptures. And knowing our enemy in this manner will give us the ability to defend ourselves and put on the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the gospel shoes, the sword of the spirit in our hand, the breastplate of righteousness. May these things adorn our Christian lives as we go out and we are facing the enemy. And give us the victory. Give each Christian the victory in their, in their lives that we might move forward in the battle against the arch enemy of God, the devil. Bless each of your children this week with victory. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.